0: Good morning again. So we are overdue for a baptism around here. I'm excited about this. I want to talk to you a little bit about baptism this morning before we uh, proceed with the actual baptisms. And I think we need to start off by acknowledging this. The church belongs to Jesus Christ. It's his body. He died to pay for it. In fact, it's, it's the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ for the salvation of sinners that is the very bedrock truth that Jesus builds his church on. The Apostle Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 to 3. He says, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, And by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, as of first importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins, in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day, in accordance with the Scriptures." The fact that Christ died and rose again, Paul says, is of first importance. And he says, I want to remind you of these things. It's worth being reminded of. It's critical. We must, it's essential. We must be reminded of these things. Uh, because how, how prone to forgetting are we? And so it's no wonder that uh, the two ordinances that Jesus commanded the church to practice as reminders to this central truth, the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. One of these ordinances is communion, or the Lord's Supper, as some call it. Jesus commanded the church to observe this regularly, and it's our practice here that we do this once a month. Many of you are familiar with it. Participation in the Lord's Supper is a proclamation of his death that pays for sin. It's a reminder it's something that we must not forget. It's a reminder that we need. And the Lord, in his perfect wisdom, uh, gave us that ordinance to remind us on a regular basis. The other ordinance that Jesus commanded the church is to observe baptism, which is what we're doing today. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen says this, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Now, it's important to know, baptism does not make anyone a Christian. Baptism does not save you. It's not the means by which anyone makes it to heaven. Baptism portrays the unseen reality of what happened to a person when they became a Christian. Baptism serves as a rite by which Christians publicly profess their personal faith in Jesus Christ. This morning, I want to look at three things that baptism pictures from Romans chapter six, verses one to five. I'd like to look at this together now. So go ahead, grab your Bibles and uh, turn with me to Romans chapter six. And once you're there, I'd like to invite you to please stand with me if you're able and follow along with me as I read. Paul writes, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. Then, in order, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for these words. Your word is powerful and effective, able to divide between soul and spirit, joints and marrow. God, we pray that your word would divide us this morning, that our hearts would be open to hear your word and that your word uh, would be powerfully worked into our hearts by your spirit. God, open our eyes that we may see and behold the treasure of your word for us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. So three things that baptism portrays. The first, it's our death in the death of Christ. Baptism is a funeral. So we're going to have a funeral here in a few moments. It's a funeral for our old selves before Christ saved us. Our old self has died. We are not the same. Amen. Notice here that Paul uses the word into three times here in verses three and four. This is because baptism pictures the fact that we have been united with Christ spiritually. His death has become, in fact, our death. And his life has become our life. Look what Paul writes in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. Notice the word I here. The first I who died is that old rebellious I that wanted nothing to do with Jesus. That I is dead. This is one reason why I believe baptism by immersion is the proper way to baptize, because it most clearly symbolizes a burial. When, they, when you go under the water and then come back out of the water, it's, it's a picture of burial. There's many other reasons why we practice that mode. Most importantly, we believe it's the practice that we see in the New Testament most clearly. The second thing that baptism portrays is new life. New life in Christ. If baptism is one part funeral, the other part is birth announcement. One part funeral, one part birth announcement. In a baptism, nobody stays under the water. Do you hear that, baptism people? You're going to come back up, okay? You're you're in good hands. Uh, In a baptism, nobody stays under the water. They come up. After death comes new life. The old rebellious eye, it was put to death when we were united with Christ. But the instant that old eye dies, a new eye raises to life. Verse 4 says that we live this new life now. We walk. Walking is a, a metaphor for living. We walk or we live in this newness of life now. We don't have to wait until we get to heaven one day or when Jesus returns. We have this new life now. and We walk in it. Look back at Galatians 2.20 again for a moment. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This new I that now lives, present tense, is the I of faith, a faith that trusts Jesus, the Son of God, who loved us and gave himself for us when he died in our place on the cross. And this is how we live, trusting that, that truth daily, moment by moment, trusting Jesus as we live Now remember, because we're united with Christ, his death is our death, and his life is our life. But look what Paul says. It is Christ who lives in me. It is Christ who lives in me. This is a a profound reality, because what he's saying is that the life we now live is Christ's life, being lived out through our lives. The last thing that baptism portrays is a future resurrection hope. It's the great hope of our faith. If baptism is one part funeral and one part birth announcement, it's also one part victory declaration. It's a declaration of victory. Look at verse 5. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. This is the great future hope of our faith that baptism also points to, the resurrection to come. Jesus, of course, was raised to life on the third day, and the Bible says that he is the firstfruits of many to come after him. We, too, will rise to new life. When Jesus returns, he'll give us new, glorified, resurrected bodies. Isn't that good news? Anyone ever, anyone feeling the aches and pains of getting older or, you know, I turned 40 a couple of years ago and I know some of you are thinking, that's young. But uh, someone told me, you know, 40 is when the, the check engine light goes on. You know, you start feeling things you didn't feel before, you know, and it only goes downhill from there. You know, but, uh, you know, we have, we have a great hope that we have new bodies that await us. Uh, these, these bodies are breaking down on us, but we have new, resurrected, glorious bodies that will live forever with Jesus. And that is a great hope so, even if death comes to us before his return, we know that the grave will not have the last word. Amen, church? So, when we come out of the water, it is also a declaration of future victory to come at the resurrection. So, this is a, a, a wonderful time here, you know, and it's, and it's appropriate to cheer, you know, when people come out of the water because of what it pictures. So let me summarize and wrap up this, uh, these points to, and then get to some baptisms. Uh, and to do this, I want you to think of baptism in three tenses, past, present, and future. Past tense. Baptism is a picture of what happened to us when we became Christians. We were united with Christ spiritually. His death became our death. Our old rebellious selves that previously rejected Jesus have died. And in that instant, Jesus' life becomes our life. So that's the past tense. That's what happened to us. That's what happened to these people who will be getting baptized. That has already happened. This, This baptism we're doing now is a picture of that. Now the present tense. Baptism is a picture of the life of a Christian living in the reality of what their baptism portrays. Dying daily to ourselves, trusting daily Jesus to live out his life through us. This is the present tense reality. And in the future tense, baptism displays our future hope that while death may come to us before Christ returns, death will not have the final word. Paul says in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And notice there that Paul is giving thanks in advance because he's that confident in the resurrection to come. He's thanking him in advance that death has been defeated and that we have victory through Jesus Christ. Well, in a moment, we're going to invite our baptism candidates down here. But before we do that, I'd like you to pray with me. Lord Jesus. What a wonderful day. What a a great moment this is to proclaim the truth of your death and your resurrection and our union with you, the death of our old selves, the new life we now have in Jesus, and the hope we have for the future and the resurrection. God, may you be glorified through the testimony shared here today. And may we all be Encouraged. And Father, I pray that if there be anyone here who needs to hear these truths, the truths of the gospel, and to put their trust in you for the forgiveness of their sin for the first time, that today would be the day as they see uh, the picture, these pictures of the gospel powerfully displayed. God, we uh, pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we have first up. Someone many of you are familiar with. I've been around here for quite a while, in fact, from birth, probably, right? Erica Larson.
1: Good morning, everyone. My name is Erica. Many of you know me, and I know many of you, because I've attended this church all my life, having been dedicated here 20 years ago. I do want to say thanks to all of you who have played a role in my life's journey, whether nursery worker, Sunday school teacher, student ministry leader, or just everyday encourager. I am grateful for your input into my life, and you have helped bring me to this moment. Obviously, I was raised in a Christian home, but I recognize that is not enough to make me a Christian. I need to make my faith my own, which I have done, by believing that Jesus paid the penalty for my sin on the cross, and that by repenting of my sin and trusting in Christ alone, I am forgiven and have been given eternal life in Christ by God's grace alone. And so the Lord has placed this desire in my heart to be baptized as a public profession of my faith before I head back to Alabama for my senior year at Sanford University. I am a disciple of Jesus.
0: All right, Erica Larson, have you put your trust in Jesus Christ, his life, death and resurrection alone to forgive your sin and to give you life? Yes. And is it your desire to live that life for him, to bring him glory? Yes. Well, based on your profession of faith, Erica, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Next up, we have Andrew Chung from the Korean Church, our sister church down the hallway there. So this is really exciting. Andrew, come on down.
2: Hi, everyone. My name is Andrew. I'm here today to proclaim my faith to Jesus Christ by being baptized. Having two Christian parents, I was lucky enough to be brought up in church. From a young age, I studied the Bible, memorizing the Ten Commandments and the tales of David and Goliath by heart. I was proud of the fact that I knew much about the Bible, but I never actually processed what the message of the gospel was. I thought that I could earn God's love by showing my knowledge over his scriptures. This was how I viewed my faith, memorizing and learning about God's word, but never actually seeing the impact it had on my life. As I grew older, I realized that I could never measure up to God's standard of perfection. I began to resent God and view him as a tyrant instead of a loving father, someone who controlled my actions instead of letting me act on my free will. During this time of my life, I became consumed with worldly desires, seeking happiness from new friends I made, how I did in school, and how others perceived me. During this quarantine, however, I was able to reflect on what my faith meant to me. For the first time in my life, I began to feel God's presence, giving me peace and serenity in a difficult time. I gradually began to pray more and more and grew not to just understand, but believe in the good news. Today, I am here to confess that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins, and he rose up three days later so that I could repent of my past ways and start an everlasting relationship with God. Although my faith is not perfect, I am at peace knowing that I can communicate with God and build my trust with him. I felt more secure in my faith, and especially as I go to college, I hope to continue to strengthen my relationship with God. I hope to find a church filled with a community of believers that can share fellowship with and glorify God. And as I experience more independence away from home, I hope to rely more on God living my life so that he is glorified. Thank you.
0: All right, Andrew, Andrew, have you put your trust in Jesus Christ, his life, death, and resurrection, yeah. to pay for your sin and to give you eternal life? Yes. And is your desire to use that new life to live for him and his glory? Yes. Well, Andrew, based on your profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Next we have Lily Ling. Come on down, Lily. And Lily asked if I could read her testimony for you. Let's see. There's Lily. Do you want to say hi? Hi. (laughs) (laughs) All right. These are Lily's words. I grew up in a Christian family. I was very hesitant to be saved because I wasn't sure about versions of the Bible and if each of them told the same truth. Over time, in talking with some of my teachers and leaders at church, I became more confident and wanted to be saved. One Sunday after church, I decided I wanted to become a Christian. I knew I was a sinner and wanted to go to heaven, so I needed Jesus to save me. I trusted him and his dying on the cross to do that. I notice now that my relationship with Jesus is growing, but I'm not perfect. I sense the Holy Spirit in my life guiding me. I still struggle sometimes, but I want to do what Jesus wants, so I am getting baptized. All right. Lily Lane. Have you put your trust in Jesus Christ, His life, His death, and His resurrection to forgive your sin and to give you eternal life? Yes. And Lily, is it your desire to live that new life to please Him? Yes. All right, Lily. Well, it is my pleasure, based on your profession of faith, to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right, Lena Meibauer is up next. And Lena asked if I could read hers for her as well. But Lena, let everyone see your face. Here you go. Can you say hi? Hi. All right. <laughs> so these are Lena's words. When I was around five years old, I read a book. Oh, come on over here. <laughs> I read a book that showed how we can ask Jesus into our hearts. I thought to myself, I want that. So I prayed and accepted Jesus. I learned that Jesus died and rose again to forgive my sin. Jesus died to save us. I am not perfect, and I sin. I need Jesus to forgive my mistakes and help guide me. God provided me with a home, a cat, and my family, and I am grateful for that. Through Sunday school, prayer, and the Bible, I feel I know more about Jesus. I want to make sure I go to church every Sunday. I want to read the Bible often. I want to be able to follow God's word. I want to honor God and Christ by being baptized. I love God and Jesus because Jesus died on the cross for me, and God blessed me with everything I now have. Lena Meibauer, have you put your trust in Jesus Christ, his life, his death, and his resurrection to pay for your sin and to give you eternal life? Yes. And is it your desire to live that new life to please him? Yes. Well, Lena, it is my pleasure, based on your profession of faith, to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right, and lastly, this one's real special for me because my it's my hope and my prayer that as a as a father that my children will put their faith in Jesus Christ to save them. And my daughter Caitlin's going to come now, and. My joy is that Caitlin is no longer just my daughter, but she's also my sister in Christ by faith in Jesus. And Caitlin would like me to read her testimony for you. You want to say hi, Caitlin? Hi. Oh, she wants to say one thing there. Ready? You want to say one thing?
1: Hi, my name is uh, Caitlin. Caitlin Muir, <laughs> and I put my trust in Jesus. All right.
0: All right. And these these are Caitlin's words here. When I was little, sometimes I would do mean things. And I kind of liked it. It's kind of embarrassing to say that, but it is true. I know that was wrong, which is why I need Jesus. One day, I was sitting on the couch with my mom and sister. We were talking about how to put our trust in Jesus. I told her that Uh, I wanted to do that. I knew that I was a sinner and did bad things, and nothing I could do would change that. Jesus was perfect and died in my place. He didn't stay dead, He rose again and beat sin and death. So I told God that I was sorry and that I believed what Jesus did, and He forgave me. He lives in me, and I will go to heaven when I die. Now, When I do bad things, I feel bad and I try to do what is right because I love God and want to obey him. I am getting baptized today because I want to obey him and show everyone that this is what I believe. Caitlin, have you put your trust in Jesus Christ his life, his death, and resurrection to pay for your sin and to give you eternal life? Yes. And Caitlin, is it your desire to live that life to please Jesus? Yes. All right, Caitlin. Well, it is my pleasure to baptize you upon your profession of faith in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Wow, that was, that was really special. Uh, I'm going to close this time with a word of prayer. And then we have another testimony for membership. Debbie Sheehy is going to share her testimony while I get dried off. And we're going to sing our closing song. And uh, well, pray with me now. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you so much for the powerful pictures that were just portrayed here, proclaiming your life, death, and resurrection, and our union with Christ, and the hope that we have for living now and in the life to come at the resurrection. Father, may we all be encouraged. And Father, we pray that uh, your spirit would work in hearts, if there be any here who need to put their trust in you for the first time today, may they do so. Father, we thank you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.